0: fellow travelers on that great yellow brick road that leads through the inevitable poppy field of the sleeping lion. <laughs> uh, what was it that the uh, Tin Woodman was suffering for want of? We will give you the brass pigly with bronze oak leaf palm if you can tell me what it was that the Tin Woodman searched ceaselessly for. And what was it that the Scarecrow was looking for? and felt always, always, that he never quite was going to ever get it, really. Huh? Good questions, eh? Forensic, eh? Ha-ha! <laughs> Rhetorical, eh? And it's Monday night. Oh, it's Monday night, and the restlessness is observable on all hands. The great itch. I, I suspect that, that that 150 years now, 1,000 years from now, when all the returns are in from all the outlying philosophical precincts, they will call our century the time of the great itch. Right. And they could very well possibly also call it the time of the transcendent showbiz outlook. When it finally, when it, when it was when it was totally produced. You know, it's so sad how many years ago... Do you, I, I, you know, it, has, it, has it ever occurred to you that many, many years ago nothing was produced? It just happened. Just, just happened, you know, like... If a guy was going to jump out of the window, he jumped out of the window. Today, it's generally pretty much of a production. Are you aware of that? I guess after seeing too many naked cities, the man doesn't just die. He dies. A great roar of thunder and a possible uh, background music playing. And with the searchlights, spotting music. I'm, I'm walking along today. Maybe maybe this is here about the idea. Maybe, you know, not more of the idea. A little, little nibbling, a little niggling little biting down at the bottom of the psyche there. How's your psyche? Keep your knees. Away that. Yes, we're all in this together. Yes, we're all sitting here in this gigantic sugar lifeboat. a a bailing away and the water is lapping over the, over your kneecaps. How's your bailing can, huh? So you had some guys got bigger bailing cans than others. <laughs> it's all a matter of keeping his sharp eye on your calorie intake, actually. Get a little exercise after, me. just work a little bit, a few little push-ups. I'm walking along the street today, and I had this one of these wild moments of of insensate, 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 insight. That was repeated three times for its periodical rhythmic effect, which you will find in all the basic rules and regulations governing the uh, writing of the colorful, hard-hitting, dynamic, produced sentence. I'm uh, walking along, see, and the rain is drifting down beautifully. I think, I think, uh, under this situation, I think maybe, yes, yes, indeed, Imore. Yes, 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 that's right. That's right. Now, hold it there, and I will give you the cue for it. Hold it, just hold it there. Now, hold it down now. You got all set? All right, see, I'm walking along the middle of the afternoon today, and... Well, you know the softness that was in the air this afternoon. You know that kind of drifting sound. That's well, easy now. Just bring it oh, up, uh, me underneath. There, there, that's better. See what production'll do. If your life was only produced better, if you could only get Genie Rosenthal to light your entrances, if you could get Dmitri Tiamkin to write your mood music, and you sweep in for the kill. Yeah. Yes, and everyone would know that Clarence L. Simpkins, transcendentalist, follower of Rousseau, Emersonian, has entered the room. Oh, spring. Spring of the lovely, verdant, moving, grasping, all devouring passions of spring. Bring life the earth the mother earth from whence grew your tiny seed, you itsy bitsy amphibia. To become that verdant fern of humanity known as Clarence L. Simpkins, transcendentalist, insurance salesman. George now you just set that back there number two I'll give you the cue just because we're, we're not through with that one yet you see what it would do to your life well I'll tell you how I how I discovered it now, now I want you to just set it back to number two not one two and sneak it in quietly now real quiet just hey listen to me just sneak it in real quietly there just quiet as quietly as you can that's not quiet way down way down just a suggestion yeah just a little bit in the background see Old Shep is walking along one of the great broad avenues that intersect this island of Manhattan in the 20th century, and the rain is drifting down, yeah, my ration wear suit is soaked through. yeah, I feel the fire is beginning to burn and flicker into into flame, wow, my ears are steaming, Then suddenly a voice says to me, "The building on your right will be one of the most important buildings in all of America. The building on your right will be the home offices of one of the most important corporations in America. If you will look carefully, you will see the men in the yellow hat. Off to the left, they are laying conduit cable that will connect this building with all the buildings of most importance all over the Western world. The men in the red." to the great forces of the tunnel-driving erosion of the ice, And down to the left, as you look down deeply into the hole, you will see great mud packs reaching deep and, deep and deep and deep and deep and deep into the center. Just pull it up the left, right? and on the no! Well, I'm seeing this building scene. I look to the left, and there's a voice of a loudspeaker, and it's dripping water, you know. And uh, a lot of people are hurrying past in the rain, and I see down there a great big hole. And this big hole is just filled with trucks, and it's got all kinds of pipes and stuff, but there isn't a single soul that's discernible. What's happened is that the entire workforce has chickened out because of the rain. But that doesn't stop the production. The production goes on and on. I can hear the voice coming out. Uh, hello, friends. Uh, this is Tony Curtis. Uh, I'd like to welcome you to the site of this great uh, excavation, which is now going on below you there. Uh, to the left, you see the men wearing the green hats. These men are the sanitation engineers, and they are connecting up over 14,000 toilets, which will be one of the most wonderfully comfortable buildings in the entire western world. They gold faucets return. Oh, hello, this is the June Havoc here, and I, uh, I would like to welcome you to one of the sites of the Hall of Fame. Oh, well, <laughs> oh uh, uh, this is Carrie Grant here, and the great building, Well, I'm standing there in the rain see and there isn't a sight to see there's not a soul around there's nothing going on great big old uh, there, were, there were two or three pile drivers there was a there was an earth mover there was a bulldozer dripping down there but nothing is happening all that is happening is that the rain continues to come down and the voices continue to echo throughout that half empty street. <laughs> da, 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 the voices of spring. Da, 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 da. Hello. Okay. I realized then, of course, immediately that, that holes in the ground now were being produced with the same care that they used to lavish upon the Easter production at Radio City Music Hall. Oh, yes. Uh, have you seen that thing down there? Have you heard those voices talking to you and the music playing? And, and you know, uh, it's it's all part of showbiz. Uh, in fact, I, I'm I'm a little bit uh, a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried because uh, no, one, one, one—that's it. Uh, so many things today I, I see are are going unproduced, are, are completely are completely ignored. Uh, I, I was reading a report, which perhaps uh, m- most of you didn't get a chance to read, but I was reading a report in one of the. Uh, one of the big trade journals, and it seems that a couple of the big important networks were very teed off with the space agency, the way they handled the latest space shot. And I read this whole thing all the way through, and it seemed to me that what they were complaining about was the fact that it wasn't produced well. Now, Now, for example, I said there were great moments of long, yawning, chasmic periods of no information, like nothing was happening, you know? That, that they stood around and Walter Cronkite had egg all over his face and nothing happened at all, except a lot of guys fooled with dials and stuff. Who cares about dials? we got 87 million people watching. You're going to explain to them what the dials are about, for crying out loud, security, smuggerdy. We've got to show. you got to realize we're giving up $14 million worth of soap operas that are produced, man. Now let me give you just one little suggestion. You guys want suggestion, you space guys? You think I'm just a, a hard bitten network official, do you, huh? Well, let me tell you. Just, just just sit down and listen to me. I've got a few ideas here. Uh, Fred, bring in the pro- uh, burger in the production, the presentation, will you please? Now look, I'm going to put on on camera here now. And I just want well, to give you a little idea how you can produce this thing so that it has impact, men. That's the word today. Impact, dynamic impact. You're trying to raise dough? Of course you are. You want to get the people behind you, don't you? Well, you don't think David Merrick got up to the top by giving him bad shows, do you? Oh no, that guy keeps things moving all the time, all the time. Lights going on, curtains coming up and going up, bands playing. He doesn't fool around. Now I know we're dealing with a serious subject here, but let me tell you, don't you think Merrick is? Why, these shows are about life and death. These shows are about the basic philosophical concepts of Western man. How do you think he got how do you think he got some of his most important shows off the ground? Not by sitting around and putting them on, I can tell you that. All right, now, forget it, Fred. Uh, start the machine. With... Now, you look over there, now look up on the screen there. All you men, all you men from the space agency, just look up on the screen and you will see now one of your Atlas rockets about to be launched. It is now carrying, as you notice, this is the second shot. Uh, just a basic uh, screenshot we have here. Now, don't get excited, men. This is just a piece of old film. It is a picture of the second astronaut about to be Will you please cover that machine up? You're stuck clear up there. Notice on the screen. You will notice now, at the middle of a thing, there will be a cloud face. Now, that face is a face that's eager to impart information. But what's he getting? Uh, this is Mr. Contrary. Mr. Contrary. 4-2 and compound 3. We are interjecting the dossier. The 17th of at compound Now, look at that man. Derrick is an honest face. That is Rick To rip on Robert Cranckite's face when he discussed the Berlin crisis. There was pure emotional dynamism. What's he going to do when all oh, we're getting is. Now, I would like to give you a suggestion. Reverse the machine, please. All right, now. Our machine is now rethreaded. We now have on the machine. We have the recent shot, which we, I must say, in spite of its popular acceptance, was badly produced. We could have had this country on its collective ear. Uh, and only because there are ladies present am I using the term ear. I have something else in mind. Now, if we could have only produced this shot, we could have been heard around the world. That way I say the shot heard around the world, if I might use a historical phrase. Now, I will give you an example of how the countdown should have been. Instead of that ridiculous hum that we kept getting. What is the matter with your intercom system? Hummed like mad. We got nothing but a hum. Do you know we had a 7 dB over zero hum on that thing in spite of Walter Cronkite's attempts to talk over it? Nothing but a hum. That's the 12th of Kunkai here now. And, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the countdown is about to begin now in the final stages of the countdown. We now switch you to mercury control. ( Battlefield) Countdown 1 minus 30. Countdown. down the Bank of control here now. Countdown uh, uh, 10, 9, 10. Uh, Five, uh, four, three, uh, two, uh, one. uh... Gentlemen, I ask you. Is this a production or is this a mishmash? Speaking of mishmash, this is W-O-R, New York. Is this a mishmash? I now give you our alternative production. Imagine if you will now. Film ready. Vast rocket poised, ready to go into the very outermost limits of space. Man about to step off into the unknown. Not just man, no. American man. And there we have, up in that tiny capsule, an American. And of the finest sort. Young, hard, flat-bellied. Clear-eyed. A man carrying with him the prayers of all of Western civilization. Not only American gentlemen, A veritable Charlton Heston of reality. Do you understand what I've said? This man ranks right up with Gregory Peck. And in just a few moments, this man's name will be on the tongues of all civilized men everywhere. And we drop the ball with that... That hum. May I suggest this gentleman now a series of intercuts. As Walter sits there with his wonderful, dynamic, concerned face looking out at millions of Americans everywhere carrying the hopes and dreams. He looks out and he says, first, and now the young astronaut mounts the ladder that is carrying him to perhaps destiny beyond that we have known before. Or who knows what. At that point, we need a quick intercut. Quickly. To the young man's face. We can do it with film. We can cut to his daughter. And then quickly we cut to a lake, a stream. The beautiful boyhood home of this young man who is now about to go into the farthermost reaches of space. A flashback. It's an old technique we've used it countless times in my business. A flashback is important, ma'am. You've got to relate now with them. All right. And then just as he mounts, gets ready to get into that space capsule. Walter looks out at us and he says, The countdown is now about to begin. Yes, men. Music swells. Carries along with it the hopes and the dreams of all of mankind. Shorty Powers, who's this? We get... We get... Well, let's see. How about Richard Burton? And now, The Countdown... No, no, up, up the music! For God's sake, don't lose the music now or drop the whole ball. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, by God, one! Bring it up. There it goes into the heavens, carries with us the hopes and the dreams of all of mankind. you men who could be dry-eyed after that. I ask you why Life Magazine would have to turn out an extra. I can personally guarantee you. And if we could have the proper sort of credits on these things. For example, think of a feeling of security as the astronaut is coming down. Now we see him, a tiny speck in the sky. Oh, well, I think, I think this time, no, I think this time we must have a, a different type of music, different, different, that keep your eye on me, it. a different type of music, something perhaps a little more soothing. There, and now it comes in. There it comes, there it comes. Now you'll notice. The machine is going out. Once again, man has triumphed over his environment. Good American man once again brings with them the hopes and the dreams of all of those who suffer and sweat it out at home. This has been a special produced segment of Americans going and marching forward into the path and future of the world and common space. Heavens has Got it, men? That billowing white parachute. And clinging to it is that tiny, tiny, tiny capsule carrying a man, a man by God, a star. And over that, of course, we could run a few credits such as... And then superimpose the waving glories of the American flag. Judy Garland singing God Bless America. God bless America, gentlemen. God bless America. And then at the great Man, I, I'm looking around here at this hardened group of gentlemen, all of whom have been through hell, I know, in this program, have given up your very substance. There isn't a one of you sitting right here around this table that has a dry eye. Now, I can give you other and more interesting, perhaps, variations on that final conclusion. We have worked them up in our production department. For example, as we see, once again, we will pick it up once again, we pick it up as we, as the conclusion of this long, hazardous, unbelievably fantastic journey, we pick up that tiny figure coming down out of the firmament. The music comes in quietly behind. Come, 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 come! Music for crying out loud, my! That's it. Music comes in behind, and now our cameras in cinemascope sweep over the decks of the vast carrier plunging in the waters. <sighs> That. Now you, you had you had it too far up there. Just set it right up, almost to the beginning. Oh, hold, hold it now, hold it now. I'll give you the cue. Hold it now. Even in our production department, ladies and gentlemen, we have our difficulties. But such is the way of creativity. Good men working together on a transcendent idea. All right, now, all right now. now Once you get that film, out. Fred, would you start the? All right, film start. Now, now you'll notice, notice those billowing white clouds. We're, we've shot this in special 140 millimeter. Camera. Fast widescreen, three panel. <laughs> now, in stereo sound, just as we see that tiny white billowing parachute, that tiny white chute, the music sweeps in behind us. And then we draw back, 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 back. We use a technique known as the back draw. Our camera goes higher and higher and higher in great, great paneled shots of that plunging carrier. Vroom, vroom. Yes, it is the Kearsarge. Plunging into the waves. Forward, forward. A shot of the bow cutting the water. And then the voice of James Mason. Once again, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, Americans have triumphed over the terrible, terrible forces that fly just beyond the unknown. That tiny figure, that man, that man who carried with us his hopes. His fears, nay, indeed the passions of all civilized men, is now, is now about to make a landing. About to make a landing. An instead of prayers. The crowd that we bring in billowing waves of Kansas wait California. Yes, and then we see those waves, those great Pacific waves rolling in on the golden shore. All of these hopes and all of these dreams have written with you. Cut speed, oh America! People, cut speed! This has been James Vision, coming to you in a special French-Credit broadcast, which brought to you the hopes and the dreams of all of mankind. A special Auto Frontier production. This is Twentieth Century Fox. We report. Which follows. Now, can you imagine what Mr. Klein could do immediately after that? But you see, there's a lot of stuff that hasn't even been touched. Did I ever tell you one of the very few times I've ever seen a man who actually produced his life? Well, I'm going to tell you about such a man, and you've heard about it. Very interesting experience. I was I was given an audience to this man, and uh, you know I've often wondered how how some guys make it and other guys just sort of flub around. You know the rest of the world, you just sort of flubs around, you hang around the pinja, and you play the banjo, you talk, you, you, you sing, and you yell and you, you gripe about what's going on. But all the while there are guys that are doing it, you know that are really making. As are your gripes and your petty concerns bounce off of them. Like hail bouncing off on a T-34 tank, nothing. They don't even hear it. Well, I, I got I got an audience with this guy. Now, I must say that that uh, I uh, if if there's nothing else that I, I value in my life, my experience is that I have been able to, through the peculiar offices of the position, whatever it is that I've gotten myself into here, all this stuff, is that I've been able to somehow sneak into a lot of places, almost as an enemy spy. All, uh, and usually unbeknownst, because on occasion I can put on a suit, you know, and uh, ties and all that stuff, and I go around looking like a person, you know, just like a real person, and, and almost I'm looking like a guy that that almost could make it, you know, that they could trust. Well, it's a funny bit. I got in- invited into an audience of this guy, this fantastic, famous man, who 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 has who has who practically. You know, are you aware that many uh, many movie tycoons? really believe that they control the world's passions and emotions. And and to some degree, in this this, uh, strange uh, showbiz world, they do, literally do. They really do. (laughs) It's a sad fact that most people feel very little passion in their real lives. They really get moved at a movie or a play. And in their own lives, they only feel vague irritation, minor gripes, once in a while a little tepid love. But let me tell you, boy, you get swept along about the sixth reel of a giant production, and you are really swept along, you know? Many a guy sees nothing when he drives across the country. But let him go to Cinerama, seeing the same stuff, and he sits there with this with tears streaming down his eyes, looking at believe me, looking at the Grand Canyon on film. It's really real then, you know. Well, I got I got I got this great moment, you see, and they called me. I was gonna have an audience. About, you know it's funny, you go through periods in your career, and about four or five years ago. A lot of guys figured that that they could get me into these things. Somehow, I don't know, I Just I was called. And I was called. I received one day at my answering service this enigmatic call from this giant man. Oh, no, it's a giant man. You wouldn't believe it. It's a giant man. And I thought I was, you know, it was a gag, a put-down, put, put down, you know, some kind of gag. So I had, I had a, a girl here in the mimeograph department cleverly disguise her voice and call up and say she worked for me. So this girl called up. And it was on the level. It really was on the level. This great man would to talk to me. So I go down there. I put on my suit and everything. So, crying out loud, you know, I'm getting the call. Few, I mean, really, well, actually, to be honest with you, many are called. Few are chosen. Guess what I was. But I was called. So I go to this guy's office, which is right here in the heart of Manhattan. You always think of these guys living on some some hilltop area someplace, you know, with, with eagles. And with, with wind howling through the the, uh, the Frank Lloyd Wright rafters, you know, and gothic, some kind of gothic bells ringing in the back of chimes, guys hooded like monks walking around carrying tea to the great. Well, I, I arrived, you see, at this guy's place. This is right here in Madison Avenue. see, I go up on a regular ordinary elevator. Well, I get up. Little did I realize that I was about to be Euchre. See, I was now about to be in the presence of really somebody great. Well, I walked into this guy's, the front office, and there's a girl sitting there, fantastic chick, beautiful chick. And I said, uh... I said, uh, 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 Otto von Kornfeld has called me. And she says, really? And she takes out her book. And she says, oh, yes. You are Mr. Shepard. The way she said it, I mean, yes, you are Mr. Shepard. George. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> yes. I <clears throat> am uh, Mr. Shepard. One moment. Well, she rose and walked into a door that was sunken into the wall. Was an ivory door and an ivory wall, had a deep mocha pile carpet, absolutely devoid of any kind of decor, beautifully antiseptic, may I even say almost monk like simplicity, a statement of truth. The door opened, she A few seconds later, she says, come. Uh, and she beckoned. Actually, what happened? She says, you think? I said, gee, well, I don't want to Shh, don't go, go ahead. He's expecting me just be quiet. Well, I walked down a darkened hallway, and it got darker as I went on. Sort of lit in a strange way, almost like Fu Manchu would light it from the carpet. Little things come up, you know, like, like some green fluorescence, but it's dark. I walked down this darkened hallway, and I, I came to this door. I passed one that was closed. I came to one... It was partially open. It was a little jar, you know, and it's this black, thick carpet. And I walked up to the carpet, the doorway there, and I reached over and I just shoved it open. And it was—it was a strange moment. It was like I was stepping into a completely black room. I couldn't remember the dark. You know? And I, I pushed the door all the way open, and I walked in and turned to my right, and there I turned, and there, yes, there we go, and there. In a pool, in a pool of yellow light, this great, bald dome sat. An ebony desk that seemed to fade off into the darkness on either side. A white shirt torn open at the collar. He sat with his eyes closed. I stood before him, what seemed to be almost a century, when his eyes slowly opened, bright blue. Oh, yes! You are Shepard, aren't you? Well, I am pleased to see you. I am very pleased to see you. Sit, will you please? Sit. Sit. Sit, please. Yeah, that is right. Sit. Well, just one moment, please. I am I am I'm a little... I'm, right now, I am feeling just a little tired. So just sit for a while there, and I will be right with you. I will be right with you. Directly behind him on the wall was a Van Gogh. To the left and to the right was a magnificent Picasso, which I remembered having seen reproduced a dozen times in museum photos. Both of them were very discreetly lit from some some suggested invisible source of light. And that was all the light in the room, other than this great orb that directed the rays down on the desk, bounced and reflected. There was nothing on the desk. And we sat for maybe five minutes, and suddenly. He sat up straight, pulled his stomach in. Looked me right in the eye and said, Oh, yeah, yeah, you, you're a shepherd, are you not? Yes. Well, go. Go now. You will hear from me. Go. walked down the long, dark corridor through the ivory door. The girl didn't say a word. Out onto Madison Avenue, where it was raining. (laughs) Oh, oh, uh, as a postscript, I'm still waiting. But let me tell you this. It was a magnificent moment. And when I describe it to friends of mine, they never believe it. Only three of them do. Out of all the people I've ever told this to, I don't even tell about it anymore. Those three have all had exactly the same experience with this same man. <laughs> the wild, you know... Uh, Once you begin to realize this, you see, once you begin to realize that everything in your life can be produced, you can see where you drop the ball. Everything. I mean, everything. You know that there are some people who don't do a thing all day long without considering it very carefully? Now, the consideration they give to it is not a philosophical consideration, but a production consideration. How to reach for the self. Do you realize that, you, that your whole act can be changed if you for the right? Oh, yes. Do you know that when you stand and talk to somebody, how you stand and talk to somebody completely changes the entire complexion of what happens in the scene? As an actor, I can tell you this. When someone walks across the stage towards you, and instinctively, some people do this without thinking, they vaguely move their body backwards, ever so slightly, a millimeter, just backwards. A little bit. Instantly, your whole position is weakened. Forget it. So, it's all production. And uh, the other night, I was talking about show business slowly taking over the world. Have you have you seen this almost incredible plethora of some of the most? The, for the first time, I'm really bugged by commercials. These phony people commercials. You know, with the with the out of focus terrible film shot, with the lady looking at you, she says, "Yeah, well, uh, yes, uh, well, I, uh, well, uh, I, uh, well, actually, yes, I, I, I think that uh, that uh, that the new hard hitting uh, soap suds that uh, come from uh, this uh, new uh, uh, Saco soap uh, actually a lot better than anything I've used before, and it, it does wonders with the kids' clothes. I and the new." Uh, a five-pronged action uh, is, uh, well, uh, <laughs> how can I say it? it uh, well, it's, it's it's better, you know. It's a little five-pronged action. Uh, it's better. Uh, Mrs. Glockenspiel, you're on camera. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, oh, for crying out loud. Ooh, these are the most sickening commercials in the world. And then, then the ones that the car manufacturers have. Uh, yeah, uh, engine, it's a lot more, excuse me, a lot of uh, getaway. It's, uh, well, it's just the best car I ever drove. It's a good car. I, I, it's, it's wonderful. It's super, I know, whoopee drive. It's just wonderful. It's the best car. Well, uh, I find that the, uh, that the new, uh, uh, Dynamo 8, uh, well, it's a lot more comfortable than the other cars I've driven. It? It's, uh, well, it, uh, somehow, uh, a uh, sense of, uh, real control. Uh, well, for the first time, I, uh, really control the car, and, uh, well, it's just, uh, better all the way. Well, uh, I, I say that the new, uh, Super Dino 8, uh, well, it's a just a heck of a lot better car, actually, it's all. It's just a much prettier car than all the rest of my I just think it's a, a, a good-looking car, and, uh, well, I, I find I get better gas mileage, and, uh, and, uh, well, I'm just a very happy car owner. I'm just, uh, glad I bought the car. That's oh, wonderful. Yes, you've been hearing real folks talk about the new Socco Dynamo 8. The new Socco Dynamo 8 can be seen at your dealer, where you'll hear folks saying, oh, well, yeah, it's the best car I ever drove. Actually, the best car I ever drove. It's much better than any car I ever drove. Ooh, I see these commercials and automatically I begin to pop out, you know. Ooh, and you know, have you noticed that almost invariably, I, the real tip, uh, the real giveaway, of course, is that the ad agencies cannot help. They're knocking themselves out, you know, to produce things that look like real people. They can't help but using unreal phrases. For example, they, they, they have to get their copy in no matter who they get on there. So you'll have these women saying things like no woman would ever say in her real life. Well, uh, no. The the new improved uh, whoopee is the new improved whoopee, right out of an ad, right out of a right out of a copywriter's nutty brain. You know, the new improved whoopee. Now, <laughs> they just can't get it out of their skull. So, so listen carefully to these so-called. Real life commercials, and you will find invariably that every one of the people will touch on an advertising phrase that they use in their non real life commercials. You know, their frank out and out commercials. Like, for example, the new uh, improved five point uh, Psycho Dino Drive, I find uh, gives me, uh, well, it just gives me an easier ride. That's oh, all. Much better car. Than the psycho five point Dino Drive. Improved car. Uh, they're always tipping the hand, you see, tipping the mitt, by, uh, by the use of a phrase or two, which invariably shows that there's been a little... Some guy with a new electric typewriter has been batting it out. And uh, I, can just see, I can just see the wires, because I've been so close to so many TV commercials where they've been produced and watched them done. I can see the wires going between wherever this glop is made uh, or wherever the, 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 the clunker that they're driving around is made, and the ad agency. Well, uh, Mr. Brundage says uh, he doesn't care. That the idea of a real-life commercial is very good, uh, C.G. Uh, he likes the idea of real people appearing on the screen. It's true. He, has a very, he likes the idea. But, but actually, C.G., yeah, you've got to remember we have certain copy points we're trying to sell. We're trying to sell the Super 5-Point Dyno Tension Drive. Now, now uh, we, we, we've got to remember that. Now, I don't care how you work it in. I don't care how you work it in, uh, C.G. Mr. Brundage says you've got to have it in. And, and remember, that, uh, 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 don't, don't forget that it's the new, improved Super Dino 5-point drive. Now, you got to work it in. Look, I know you're going to use real people, but you can get real people to say these things, can't you? Instead of standing around and hemming and hawing. Now, that batch of film you sent the other day with all those women going, Uh, uh what's this? So the real life people will adore. And furthermore, Mister Brundage says you got to get the copy points in. Now I'm not look. I don't want to be a. I don't want to be a son gun here. I don't. I don't want to be the villain in this piece. I don't want anybody to say that. That I'm. I don't. I don't want anyone to say that I'm. I'm the hard guy in the case. But Brundage says, look, I talked to Brundage about real people. Brundage says real people do say no improved five point dyno tension drive. His wife said it the other day. Now, look, C.G., there are a lot of agencies along the street. All right, okay. Now, I don't want to... Just don't don't make me the villain. All right. Don't make... and, And no more dull film. And listen. Well, that's all right. That's all right. I don't want to bring what Glenn said about that fat one you had in there. I don't care if it was your sister-in-law. He said she had a funny look in the eye. She was what? Now, look, C.G. One more. I know you're a funny man, but don't make me a villain. Good. We'll wait for the film. All right. See, remember real people now, and don't forget the copy points. This is W.O.R. Radio, your station for news. Hi, this is Bobby Rydell from Palisades Amusement Park. It's fun all day and after dark. Color Palisades Amusement Park. A million thrills free parking space. Color red Palisades, fabulous place. Bargain day rides and nickel or dime. Color it, biggest buy of all time. Free dancing shows, gifts, what a lot. Color red Palisades Amusement The world's largest outdoor saltwater pool is now open at Palisades Amusement Park. There are always free circus acts, free dancing, and free parking at Palisades. Plus $1,000 in free merchandise given away free every day, yet admission is still only 30 cents. Free this Saturday, see the Crystals in person. On Sunday, see Ruby and the Romantics free at Palisades Amusement Park. W-O-R-A-M and F-M, New York. Don't miss on dangerous ground Wednesday night at 9 on the Big Preview. The stars, Robert Ryan, Ida Lupino. That's on WOR-TV, Channel 9. WOR-AM and FM, New York.